previously on The Show Show. Well, you guys ready to get into Mrs. Davis? Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I, I should probably phrase that differently. <laughs> <laughs> well, phrasing. Are we, are we not doing phrasing? <laughs> oh, that reminds me of the... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to like hop in so aggressively. I, I don't know. I feel like we are definitely in an era of like fear-mongering about AI. Like, there's definitely a lot of concern and fear about things that are happening, whether it's taking... Take our gerbs or, you know... It's going to be Skynet, right? Guess who's to say what's real and what's not real? To me, it was a little bit like time-traveling Bin Laden, where it was just, it was so over the top that I just kind of let go of any of my worries and just accepted. <laughs> it's almost like the campiness for me, it's weird because I love campy shit. Like the campiness for me is actually what kind of prevented the surrealism from from going off. I've become a chicken wing since moving to Virginia. Like, if I wanted a chicken nugget, I'd get a chicken nugget. Right? Like, I I, I hear you boneless, quote-unquote. Like, it, it feels very nice for the people who like chicken nuggets, but they're not wings. They're chicken nuggets. Well, they're just all playing badminton, making jam, going for some shaved ice. It seems like run off, I want to run off to the convent, get married to Jesus. So my question is now, where do people in the middle of having, like, pinnacle orgasmic sex go? I think you're right. I think everything was better. But I guess it was a lie. So it's like, I guess the question is, like, does it become true if everyone believes the lie? think she just took away the falafel restaurant for all of mankind? Well, I think we all have our own falafel restaurants. You know, I don't watch new sitcoms, but do people still get hot wives in sitcoms these days? Hello, and welcome to The Show Show, probably the world's best TV review podcast. Warmest greetings, and welcome to episode 65. Here today, we review the 2023 Paramount Plus revival of the 1993 NBC must-see TV classic. This month on The Show Show, amazing still it seems, it's Frasier 23, it's time to heave up, trice up, mill about smartly throughout the premises, ensuring that every speaker in sight is tuned to the internet's favorite podcast. I'd like to welcome you inside the broadcast booth. I'm Jay. I'm joined, as always, by my two Hall of Famers. To my left, a simple country lawyer who doesn't have a lot of fancy book learning, but knows the good people of this parish. It's Aaron. Hey, and to my other left, the winner of three Golden Globes, five Primetime Emmys, one Daytime Emmy, and one Tony Award for producing the 2016 revival of The Color Purple, it's Tony. Hello. Here at the show show, 100% customer satisfaction is our holy grail. We want to hear from you. Check out our Instagram for news about the show, including our postponed 2025 tour, convention, and cruise, along with plenty of other bonus content. You can find that on Instagram at the show show pod. Send your emails to the show show TV podcast at gmail.com. You can find our YouTube channel. That is Mandamus Radio, where you can find our YouTube exclusive pre-show cocktail hour. Today's was a doozy, so it's worth going and checking out. Yeah, definitely. Mandamus Radio on YouTube. Uh, you can find me individually at J. Suespante. Aaron, where can we find you? Uh, at the Muscoverse, still uh, at Tenacious Aaron. If I check How about it. you, Tony? You can find me on Instagram at T. Pinquite. Excellent. The show show is now available everywhere podcasts are sold. Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Audible, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and of course our 
flagship is on Spotify. You can also check out our YouTube channel, which we talked about previously. Uh, before we dip into our stash of 25-year-old McAllen, uh, we first must visit the unofficial scoreboard. This is the part of the show where we give some unofficial scores on things not chosen by the wheel of randomonium. So, Tony, Aaron, what have you been watching? What have you been playing? What you guys been doing? Go ahead, Aaron. So, I have been spending a lot of time playing the new season of Classic World of Warcraft. So, of course, every game now has to be seasonal and have a reason to go back and play again. And uh, WoW Classic, the 2004 version that released when uh, we were in high school, um, has done the same thing, but they've added some some stuff to the game that changes the way a bunch of classes play so that there's some new healers, new tanks, new ways to, to do damage in the game. And uh, they've capped it out at level 25 instead of level 60 and put in, taken an old dungeon and turned it into a raid. And so me and a bunch of buddies have been playing a bunch of that. And because I'm leveling a bunch of characters in WoW, I have been watching through Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is a re-edit or a remaster of the old Dragon Ball Z um, TV series where they cut out like all the filler and kind of cleaned it up and made it HD. And uh, it's we went from 291 episodes to 159 episodes. So that's quite a bit of fluff that they uh, cut out. Wow. And uh, I don't know. For me, this is like whenever I was 13, 14 years old, what was on after school when I got home. <laughs> so it's very, Toonami. very heavy nostalgia. Yeah, Toonami. Like, this was my introduction to anime. So getting to go back and watch watch that has been really fun. And it's nice to to not have to just listen to five, six minutes of yelling and filler, uh, you know, while watching through some of these these sagas. I'm currently in the Android saga. I've made it through uh, the Saiyan and Frieza and uh, now have started the Android saga. Yeah, almost a sell. So I'm I'm pretty excited. Uh, I never finished uh, Dragon Ball Z. So I'm I'm kind of excited to get through that. And I'm kind of curious about the Dragon Ball Super, which is like a uh, a new continuation of Dragon Ball Z that they did, um, which made Dragon Ball GT non-canon. So I, I did watch Dragon Ball GT way back in the day because I was curious and it was weird and surreal and interesting, but... Uh, I guess they decided to just kind of say, that all didn't happen. Don't worry about that. Speaking of Toonami nostalgia, I haven't watched it yet, but did you see Netflix has a live-action Yu Yu Hakusho? I remember seeing it announced. I did not know that it had come out. And damn, Yu Yu Hakusho was definitely... Try it out. That's an all-time great, though. Yu Yu Hakusho is an all-time great. It's it's definitely one of those animes that I remember watching back in the day on Toonami. Gundam Wing, also huge... Inuyasha. Like, that was a Inuyasha. Mm-hmm. That was that was Adult Swim, wasn't? Yeah. Inuyasha, it like, or was it? What was it? Samurai Champloo, or was it Samurai X? That was, it was on like Adult Samurai Champloo. Like it was definitely Inuyasha was late. Where you like it's always it's always the meme where like <laughs> the meme's always like a guy sleeping on the couch and getting woken up by the ending song of Inuyasha. Like what the? <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> How long have I been on this couch? So no, I yeah, that was my introduction to anime was Dragon Ball Z. So this has been kind of nostalgia highway. So Jay, what about you? To keep with the theme, my older kid has been watching a lot of the movies from. I've never heard anybody say it out loud. Is it Studio Ghibli? Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. So like my neighbor Totoro. Yeah. Spirited away. Uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, and these are movies I have never seen before, and they're so much fun. Yeah, they're great. Like they're they're especially great for the younger age group and to watch oh, with yeah. them because visually stunning, artistically beautiful. Um, there's interesting storylines. A lot of times, morals and things like that are brought up. But um, uh, yeah, I, I they just had a brand new one come out. You probably have fun going to see it, The Boy and the Huron. Yeah, I've heard good things. I'd, I'd, uh, you know, we were talking about taking the the older kid to his first movie because he's he's going to be four soon, and you know that seems like about the the right time. 
Uh, so we were talking about that movie as a as a possibility. Well, hey, Gohan was four at the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, and he fought the Saiyans. So obviously, <laughs> Oliver's old enough to go see a movie. So <laughs> yeah. He also had a tail, probably. He also had a tail. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Ipso facto. <laughs> uh, so I've I've been having a lot of fun watching those, especially I think it's uh, I think it's my neighbor Totoro where there's like a a cat bus that's like literally a bus that's made out of a cat yeah. with like eight legs. It's crazy. I love it's it. surreal, man. Like it's it's definitely a more surreal anime style, and I I definitely really, it's very good. But I will say for me, I'm I'm more into the action anime lately. I, like we we watched uh, Journey to the West. I, I just feel like I've been on this martial arts kick. Like what's what's interesting is that I don't know a whole lot of anime TV shows that are like for younger like kids. Like I only know like the movies like Studio Ghibli films. Like, usually anime is more aimed at kind of teenager age group, right, Tony? I guess that's, that's the anime I watch. I'm sure there's little younger kid cartoons. I'll have to ask Adam. He's probably aware of some weird stuff. <laughs> Friend of the show, Adam. May he rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> He's not dead. <laughs> he lives in Tampa, Florida. He's in his early 50s. <laughs> If we ever did like some really good anime, he'd probably come on and get started and give his opinion about it. Yeah, man. And tell us why we're wrong with our thoughts. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's doing well. But shall we discuss what we have gathered here today to discuss the new Frasier? Absolutely. And I will I will take the lead here. Um, as, as Jay said in the intro, we have reviewed the 2023 continuation of of the original 1993 to 2004 sitcom, uh, Frasier, which was about the character Frasier Crane, played by Kelsey Grammer. And Frasier got its start, got his start as a character was in Cheers, right? Or was it even before that? Cheers, correct. Cheers, okay. I definitely watched through Cheers and I watched through Frasier. I know that when we went into this, Tony said he had not. Frasier, uh, the 2023 series takes up shortly after the death of uh, Frasier's father, Martin, and an end of his 20-year relationship with Charlotte. Uh, Dr. Frasier Crane has returned to Boston. Um, he's hoping to have a better relationship with his son, Frederick, who is now a Boston firefighter. And Frasier ultimately takes a professorship at Harvard and moves into Freddie's apartment building. And kind of we have antics exude throughout the uh, series. Um, some, you know, notable main characters that we see throughout the series. We have uh, David Crane, which is Niles and Daphne's son. And he is also attending Harvard and uh, apparently got a lot of the <laughs> neuroses and mannerisms of both Niles and Daphne, which is kind of an interesting twist. Uh, we have see here, Eve, Freddie's friend, which is a... Uh, Freddie's the kind of like the story with Eve and Freddie is that Freddie's best friend is a firefighter who passed away and Eve was his girlfriend who they just had a kid. And so Freddie feels kind of responsible for taking care of her. And then we have Professor Cornwall, which is my personal favorite of the entire series. Absolutely like knocked it out of the park. And we have uh, Professor Olivia Finch, who is the chair of the Harvard University Psychological Department. And that kind of gives us the main cast and characters that kind of pushes the story forward. But we, we definitely have oh, Moose. some... Moose, he's a... Was that? Player. Oh, yeah, we have the friends. We have Moose, we have Smokey, <laughs> we have Tiny, and then we have obviously some uh, f- some famous individuals that show up from the previous series, such as Lilith and Roz. I will say, like, I had fun watching it, but that first episode, I I was really uncomfortable for the first, like, two minutes of the show, and then all of a sudden the zinger started coming. And I was like, okay. I can roll with it. This is this is good. This is fun. This feels familiar. Exactly the same. Like when that laugh track hit me, I was like, "Oh my god!" It felt very I did old not school. Enjoy the feeling, but it kind of blended into the background after pretty quickly. Yeah can can you think of the last the the most recently produced show that you watched that had a laugh track before this? Oh man, um, like. Big Bang Maybe, Theory. Yeah, Christy watches Big Bang Theory a lot. So uh, definitely that's probably one. I'm trying to think because it's about that time that it completely like disappeared from sitcoms. I don't think Brooklyn Nine-Nine has a, has a laugh track. I don't think right. Last Man Standing has it. 
Did you watch The Ranch at all on Netflix? I did watch The Ranch. Does it have a laugh track? Yeah. La- Ranch has laugh track. Okay. That that might be the last one for me. I also watched another uh, Netflix sitcom called Disjointed starring Kathy Bates, who owned a dispensary. It was that very was, dumb. That was really dumb. Me and Christy yeah. watched it. Christy got angry at it. She was like, this is such a bad show. <laughs> Chris Redd from <laughs> SNL was pretty good in it, but the, the rest of it was pretty bad. But, you know, that, that show came out like seven years ago. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very jarring at this point when, when you hear that canned laughter. Yeah, it really took me out of it. We, I watch enough sitcoms that I didn't even pick up on it. I, I, I'll be honest to you guys, I it just blended into all the other sitcoms that I watch. So I did not even notice there was a left track while I was watching it, guys. It definitely goes away. Funny. It's like if you ever rewatch Friends, you're like, oh, God, there's a laugh track within, I mean, like one or two episodes in, you don't really hear it anymore. Oh, yeah. So if, if you've ever watched Cheers, famously, almost every episode starts with one of the cast members saying, Cheers is filmed in front of a live studio yeah. audience. And the reason why they did that is that during Cheers' run, people complained about the laugh track that was too intrusive, that they were, you know, almost bolstering their own jokes by trying to pass off this recorded laughter as the as the reaction of the audience, when in reality that was the recorded reaction of an audience viewing the taping. And so it was almost like this brag of like we don't even have we didn't even have to use that canned crap from the Dick Van Dyke show like these are real people actually laughing genuinely laughing at these jokes yeah there wasn't like a laugh sign that kept glowing <laughs> like on the presumably late night shows no. where it's like applause I f- I feel like The Office was the beginning of the end of the laugh track for the modern sitcom like. Yeah, like definitely. the office, it because it all hangs on the cringe, awkward moments. Like a laugh track would ruin that for for the office, right? It would completely make the Scrubs didn't have one either, did it? I don't think it did. I think that that was all. There's no laugh track, but I don't know. Is that the same time frame though? I feel like Scrubs is pretty old. Scrubs, I think, started a little before the office. Office is pretty old but too. No offense to Zach Braff and all the the scrubsies out there but i feel like the the cultural impact of the office bigger. is orders of magnitude bigger yeah, than I, would, I would agree yeah, with sure. that and plus i you gotta remember there's the british office that came before which yeah. i don't know how far before but <laughs> i know it was only like two seasons right right it's very short but just quick little po- point of order i think it's uh, it, it might be a little bit worth it to talk about the word sitcom yeah. for a second uh, because at the end of our last episode, we kind of struggled to really kind of define or, or think of what a modern sitcom would be. So sitcom, the it's a shortening of situation comedy, mm-hmm. which means it's a show where the situation is generally the same episode to episode. You have generally the same characters or sets or situations they get in. But really what that means is to differentiate it from stand-up comedy or improv comedy or sketch comedy. So when we say sitcom in its purest, most dictionary sense, it really just means what in modern parlance we might call any comedy series. Mm -hmm. But I think when you say the word sitcom, it has that, that connotes something. Yeah. I think it, you know, when you think of that, you think of a show like Frasier, both old and new. The brightly lit sets, multiple cameras, the laugh track. Yeah, Friends, Seinfeld. Exactly. And there there are some new ones that I would say also kind of fit that model, though. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've seen, like, Home Economics or with, um, oh, what is his name? Topher Grace. Yeah, Topher Grace. Yeah, like, I watched a like, bit of that. To me, that one feels very sitcom-y. Like, it has a lot of the elements of a sitcom. I think the problem, though, is that the sets are not as... Like, I feel like, like you know, Everybody Loves Raymond, the three rooms, that there's the kitchen, the, the two kitchens and the two living rooms was like 90% of the show, right? And right, the- yeah. So I think you're, you're 100% right also earlier when you said The Office was a turning point there because... I, I also think of The Office as a sitcom or Modern Family as a sitcom. Yeah, I agree. Like, there's, you know, there's been that pivot here. And shows like Frasier 23 are throwbacks. 
they're more of a, a yeah, it's a classic style, right? And it makes sense yeah. because it's a continuation of an old school sitcom, right? Like, it would be weird if they did a continuation of The Office and they added a laugh track, right? Absolutely. Like, if, if they went no laugh track or, or single camera or, you know, did this on film, it would, it would be weird. Like, I don't want to see Fraser Crane in 4K. No, I agree. With his size 14 shoes. Do I hear cathedral bells? <laughs> oh my gosh. Christy was watching through all of the Christmas episodes of Frasier while she was wrapping gifts. And oh, yeah. the first season, he looks like wild with the like mullet and then like missing hair on the first front half of his head. Like, yeah, there are some weird styles that came out of that time period. His his hair gets like slowly tamed over the course of the show. It also recedes pretty heavily. He looks so good, actually, in twenty three. Like I feel like he looks very distinguished. Like at the beginning, he almost looks crazy. Yeah. The only thing, like, it's already over, so it won't take you out of it. But like, it it like never shows his feet because like when he walks, he walks his feet are pointed out almost at like a not a ninety degree angle, but he walks. It's very like duck footed. You say he's got duck feet. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I think that's why they, they almost never show him below the knees, hardly ever, mm-hmm. like walking. And like, that really took me out of it. When I first saw it, I was like, now, then every time he walked after that, I was like, everything above his knees, like, looks spry and young, and obviously his voice and his mind looks good. But like, every time I saw him walk, it was kind of like, because I noticed it early on, I was like, just kind of like, oh yeah, this dude's kind of having, he's old. He is, he is old. Yeah, he, he didn't move that well, and... It was like this show in some ways was a like a an inversion of the old show where old show began with Frasier's son moving I'm sorry moving his father in yep. with him and then this one it was him moving his son in with him and a big part of old Frasier was that the father character walked with a cane but I don't know Kelsey Grammer. I've never met him, but he kind of gives off a vibe of someone who would not publicly walk with a cane. I think didn't he say something like that? Like I will not use a Did cane. He? I thought he said something to that effect in the in the show when he threw out his back or or whatever. Didn't yeah. He? I feel if like he messed up his knee in that one episode with the plumber. Yeah, his knee. He, I thought he said something. He's like, I will not use a cane. And I think that. I think that fits with the character of Frasier being in a lot of episodes a very fundamentally vain person. Yes, absolutely. Appearances are everything to Frasier at the end of the day. Coming from not really having seen the original series, like I don't know if it's Kelsey Grammer or the writing or like the way they set the character was like uh so many things in the show work because like I guess he's so like smart but also ridiculous that like yeah every a lot of things are okay in this show that like I would be super turned off if it was a different character. And I don't know if that's just like speaks to like the talent of Kelsey Grammer or it's just like I mean I think also the writing was really good, but it's just like maybe because the character is so like he is actually capable intellectually, but also like you said really vain. So like it works with all the ridiculous things he says and does somehow. Well, Whereas, it's like, otherwise if it was just a normal character, none, like neither of those things would be appealing to me. Like it would really take me out of it. I am wounded. <laughs> but I didn't get taken out of it in this show. I think that it's, it's good. Number one in that things like there's definitely a comeuppance, right? Like when things like he tries to do something, things go, go sideways. Right. I definitely, this, this series definitely felt very reminiscent of the old show, even down to the episode where I think his father and him were both like mixed up and thought they were dating the same woman. And then there was the homage of him and his son kind of doing the same thing. So I I feel like they did a good job of pulling a lot of like inspiration from the uh, original 11 seasons. They had quite a bit to pull from. But at the same time, as, as you're saying that the, the kind of the character works, and I think that after 11 seasons of development, they kind of know he knows how to write and 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 create situations for Fraser to deal with. Like even at the end with the whole Christmas situation and all the trees and everything, and him just like freaking out, like that felt very Fraser. Like it felt very much mm-hmm. like the character and how he would act as everything fell apart. 
Well, Kelsey Grammer is such an amazing performer. I think just his his voice and how he draws you in, you know, I think if I was ever seeing him on stage, I would walk out going, God, Kelsey Grammer stole the show, no matter how small of a part he played. Yeah, I was just really impressed. Like, like, it really did have a lot of emotional heart. And I feel like it's hard to sell, like, the more serious, like... It would almost be cringe if someone else did it, but when he did it, it wasn't cringe for some reason. But I really, I really liked that part because it could be the serious moments didn't feel as out of place as I feel like they could have been. Because he is a psychologist and it is dealing with like mental health and things like that. Like they can go there and then they can have the ridiculous situation where it's an entire room filled with Christmas trees (laughs) or an actual live goose. That's that's very true to the the whole show that Frazier has advice for someone else, but the doctor cannot heal himself. Yeah, <laughs> like Alan's whole like writing on on the the paper like that Freddie had daddy issues or whatever. He's like, I've got mommy issues on <laughs> yeah. the other side. <laughs> Alan, I, I left. Like you said, yeah, right? Alan was the best. He was so absolute fun. standout. Was he in the original? No, not that no. I know of. Oh, man. I was not like, at this all. This dude is... I text Jay, like, well, I was, like, two episodes in. I was like, and Alan <laughs> is carrying the comedy on his broad, hunched-over shoulders. Like, right off the bat, yeah. too. Like, the moment he shows up, it's immediate zingers. hmm Yeah, great delivery, great lines. He was the secret sauce where a lot of those other characters... Kind of sucked. Yeah. But when they interacted with Alan, they were great. Yeah. <laughs> I will not sit here and let you insult me. I insist you do it over drinks. <laughs> 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 yeah, whoever wrote that, whoever those the writers on that, those lines that Alan got was amazing. I hope it was, I was about to tech I was about to message y'all because I was like episode four and I'm like so did we just drop the baby storyline? Like, he hasn't been mentioned in the oh. first three episodes after the premiere. And then finally they started at least, like, halfway mentioning, but we never saw him again. And apparently you can have parties in the house with a sleeping baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you can just walk out of your apartment, like, for and talk to people and stuff. Like, I guess we yeah. did see that she had a babysitter for one of the nights, but like most times she just like comes over for like five minutes, like which I mean, that's not a very long time for, her. but still I'm just like this baby very rarely gets mentioned along with the dead boyfriend, unless she's trying to make a point. <laughs> yeah. The, the noise level in Eve's apartment has no correlation to whether the baby is going to be up at all. And you know, I'm, I'll admit I'm hypersensitive. I've got a no newborn in my house right now, <laughs> but that was, you know, I definitely had those same thoughts where I was like, what about the goddamn baby? <laughs> Someone think of the children. <laughs> exactly. Now in the first episode, I will give them credit for the head fake. They gave kind of using the baby where it felt like they were heading towards the gay secret son. was that Freddie was gay. Exactly. I, exactly. was my first thought. Yeah. And you know, t- I, that was one of the, I think that was one of the few fakes that they sold convincingly. Mm. Uh, but the, I did like that they were able to come back with an alternate storyline that like, Still had an emotional hook on there with the with the dead boyfriend. I, I also really liked Frasier as basically Doctor Phil for TV. Like, and Tom Arnold is here. Yes! That was so yes! fucking funny. <laughs> like, I, I was I was dying laughing when they did the montage of his show. Like, it was so fucking yeah. funny. We're like by the end, he's basically just doing Ellen, <laughs> and he's like dancing with the audience. <laughs> well, it's uh, putting it's, on his thinking cap. It, it's funny because of how, like, the entirety of Frasier is him doing a radio show where people call in and he, like, does, you know, the psychiatry online or online on, on the air. And, and to see how far he's fallen to be basically, like you said, Ellen. Yeah. That was good. And I'm, I, I, I'm glad that he did that to the character because it made, like, him trying to be like, well, I want to become a professor. And he's, like, having to deal with his... You know, famous persona, so to speak, was funny. I enjoyed that. Yeah, the rest of that episode, I, I did not really care for, but that the montage of start to finish on his television show was 
gold. Like one of the few laugh out loud moments of the show. But you mentioned about the the professorship. So I wanted to ask about Fraser's job at Harvard and whether or not that like really kind of fit with the show. I don't know. Like we really didn't interact with it that much. Like I guess it's just an excuse to, to be at Harvard, get him to hang out with Alan and see David every once in a while. Because maybe I'm thinking too hard, but it felt like it would have landed a little better if the zany antics were going on at Cambridge Community College and not Harvard. I see what you're saying. Like, Harvard is not really a sitcom location, so, like, all the ridiculous, silly things. But but would you have David? Would David be going to Cambridge Community College, or would he be going to Harvard? I think that that's, that was their, their tie between, Fair. like, with... With Alan, with Olivia, with David, you know, all of those things. And then they wanted to tie in the whole Freddy, like, got kicked out or left, you know. Um, so, I, I don't know. I I agree with you. Him going from being a radio show to a TV show to Harvard professor, eh, I don't know that I buy it. Like, it's, 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 yeah. it's kind of out there. But at the same time... He he technically didn't get what was it he was trying to get like full professorship it was more like he was like on kind of like a pseudo probation right a yeah trial. he was a, an adjunct lecturer which makes a hundred percent percent a hundred percent sense woo I made myself a strong drink Hey-o. tonight gentlemen <laughs> heyo no it it made a hundred percent sense because like didn't you guys ever take classes especially like upperclassmen classes that essentially boiled down to story time with interesting person in whatever field it was was that um, just me mine were mostly math yeah I was gonna say I took economic <laughs> shit I, I I ended up like really grinding out my my major and so like I had to take a bunch of freshman level courses just to fill hours so like I took like sociology like freshman level sociology when I was a senior instead of taking those kind of classes oh dang well I was I was lucky enough to to have a couple of these courses where like for example at tech it was the Chancellor who was Kent Hance who was uh, the his claim to fame is he's the last person to defeat George W. Bush in a political election. It was for the like the West Texas U.S. House back in the '90s. But anyway, he was the chancellor of the university, and it was basically just him talking about interesting stuff. And then even at Baylor, I had a class that was like the title of it was like legislative procedure or something, but it was really just an ex-Texas House member who came in and talked about his time in the house and then when he got done telling his stories he had like interesting friends of his come in so you know having Frazier be that guy makes a hundred percent sense but then once in later in the season once he starts fighting for this professorship it kind of lost me yeah i mean it's a sitcom it's a reason for him to be with freddie right like that that feels to me i don't know that this continues right like i feel like this is is okay to be a one and done if I'm being honest, but I don't know that Kelsey Grammer is going to leave it alone. But I think it's it's a big fan service, and he had to have, a, I guess, a reason in his mind to be out there. And I don't think he wanted to do... I think that it's it's kind of like he had to have a reason to re-dignify Frasier, you know? Since he did the whole bit with uh, the Dr. Phil joke. I think it's the correct decision to base the show around Frasier reconnecting with Freddie. Especially in light of, like, the cast of who's either dead or just not coming back. Yeah, I liked Freddie. Yeah, that as your foundation is good. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to end up in Boston again, but, you know, if you want to kind of bookend it, where that's where Cheers was, that where that's where the character of Frasier started, like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Would you have preferred that he goes to Boston instead of going to Harvard? He starts up a a new radio show in Boston, like a set. Let's say satellite radio. Why not? Or some shit like that. Like maybe a podcast. A podcast. Maybe he's doing a podcast. What if he's, he's doing just the Frazier? Uh, Dude, a that's it. Clinic and Alan is <laughs> no, <a partner> no <laughs> next door. No, no, no. He's got he's got a Twitch channel. <laughs> no, no, no. He he does. You're right. He does a podcast. 
where he talks about interesting like cases and he just uses a fake name or whatever. And it's the 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 big thing is to listen to his new podcast where he can do it anywhere. So he buys the apart the apartment building. He's doing he's built a, a studio and he's hired David as a part time employee who's helping him run all of the equipment. And so he's trying to get Freddie involved in in running his podcast. And Freddie wants to be a firefighter. Like you could totally do one like that, and it would probably fit maybe even a little bit more like you're saying with the whole persona of him being a radio jockey and Dr. Phil, and this is maybe him a, a more of a reclamation of, of his identity from the old series. But I think that this was one of those things where he wanted to make, give Fraser something to go for. That was very different. Right. It also gave us the coworkers. It did. You wouldn't have Alan in that situation with the podcast unless he was just like a guest star. Although having Alan comment on like ridiculous psychiatric situations would be pretty fucking funny too. You know what? I was I was almost going to come on here and say that it was missing a Roz, but now that I'm kind of thinking through it, Alan, Alan was, was Alan was Roz. He was also a little bit of Niles, but Alan was the Roz, the one who would strip Fraser back down to to size. Yeah. God, I loved Alan. Uh, dude, yeah. the, the, the whenever the 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 guy comes up and starts saying all the reindeer names in one go, he's like, <laughs> "Stop! You're running off fun." <laughs> I enjoyed David as well. I did like David. Yeah, yeah. They used him sparingly enough. Yeah, and his his bit where he was Alan's lackey was very excellent. Good. I'm glad they dropped, or they seemed to back off on the Eve Freddy thing that was kind of like half in halfway through they're like trying to set something up and I'm glad they backed off of that. I wish they either shat or got off the pot. Either don't do that at all or like give me more of that. Like I was yeah, I I was irritated by that. I don't I honestly don't think they needed Yeah, I didn't want it and I'm so I'm glad that they kind of like maybe they realized uh this is a dumb idea and then they just kind of never brought it up again. I think I agree with you. I think that they they were toying with it but then they were like no, let's go a different direction. And I'm glad they did because I thought that the episode where they were both going after the same girl was was pretty funny. How does she as a bartender know all of these like amazing women? Like where how does she have all these <laughs> friends? Of such diverse, of of a, such a diverse like, they drink at the bar, lifestyle set. I don't know. I can't think of a word to say, but they're her regulars at the bar. Clearly, you know, yeah. Like she's, oh, she could have been Sam. She could have been female Sam. God damn it! This show missed so many. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of things they could have done. I feel like that that just having a bar wasn't good enough. They could have done some kind of cheersy type of like situation. They could have at least said cheers at one point in time. <laughs> I was disappointed by the set because the set for Frasier's living room from original Frasier, like, you know, Tony, you've never seen the show, right? Right. But do you know what Frasier's apartment looks like? Just vaguely. Maybe I've seen it through, like, clips. Right. Like, you, you might be imagining the the Seattle skyline in the background and like the, the wood and the openness of it. It's such an iconic place that even if you've never seen the show, if you saw a photograph of it, you'd probably say that's Frazier's apartment. It's like the bridge of the enterprise. Like you don't have to see Star Trek. No, that's the bridge of the enterprise. And I was really hoping that they would carry on that legacy and give Frazier a really cool apartment in Boston with a, Really great view, but it, it was really just another sitcom set with a, a staircase in the background. I was disappointed. Yeah, but that also may be just kind of one of the modern restrictions of filming a sitcom. Like, how much money did Paramount Plus actually give them to film this, right? Like, how much was Kelsey Grammer kind of, you know, pushing forward this project? Hmm. So, I think that, that I, to, to some extent, I would give a few concessions to that like fact that there may be, you know, some limitations to what access they had again, same with the cheers. Maybe they don't have access to the IP. Maybe they don't have the ability to, to make those references without causing an issue for the studio. So there, there may have been other things that, that stood in the way that we're not thinking about. Yeah, that's fair enough. 
But I agree with you. You could you could do something more iconic though, like like looking out at Boston or something in the same way. I do agree with that. Now Boston skyline kind of sucks compared to especially Seattle. Like with Seattle, you've got the Space Needle, immediately recognizable. But I think if I showed you a photograph of downtown Boston, you'd just be like, that, "Did that's they draw a city. it though?" Every time at the beginning of Frasier, like, yeah. I mean, they, if they drew it, there's at least a skyline. Well, well, you know, there is a skyline. It's just not particularly like good. identifiable. Yeah, it's not. It's not all that good. You know, like Houston. You know, Houston's garbage because of all the sweat. You're just like, walking around in like a lot of sweat <laughs> in the air. Hey. This is not the first time I've said this today, but they can't take a shower in Houston before we flush our toilets in Dallas. So. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was sitting in a, in a history class, and one of the coaches that taught history walked in and was like, why doesn't Texas f- sail off into the Gulf? And they were like, why? Because Oklahoma sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That was why the panhandle of Texas was so windy because Oklahoma sucks and New Mexico blows. That's funny. Dang, we just, uh, we lost, we, we lost Houston and Oklahoma and uh, New Mexico audiences New Mexico's there. great. Our listener count's going to go from uh, 11 to 10.9. They don't have Wi-Fi in Oklahoma, so. <laughs> you know, there's pieces of Oklahoma that are actually really pretty. Like uh, Windstar and Choctaw? Oh, yeah. Specifically the Blackjack table. Ooh. Yeah, they get pay, pay that stupid tax every time. Oh, pay yeah. That. I just always, I don't pay know. Play, like, I've baby. never been like, you know what? I want to go to a concert in Oklahoma. And I always see advertisements in the in the Metroplex for like, oh, so-and-so's playing at Choctaw. I'm like, I don't want to drive there. <laughs> I like Oklahoma City. It's got a pretty youthful vibe, I feel. Yeah, Bricktown's all right. I had, I had this amazing ramen place there. Actually, it was really, really good. I can't tell you the name of it, but I was like, "Dang, this is." So <laughs> well, when I was ramen. in Tulsa for work, there I had a very, very Denton vibe to the like arts district where the stuff. I'll just be honest, Tulsa felt very much like Denton to me. Now, most coming. listeners will think that's an insult, but I, I think I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm, I'm. I'm guessing that wasn't intended to be an insult, right? No. I mean, I I went to Denton for school, and there was a bunch of, like, hip restaurants and shit that... that again, it wasn't, like, super fancy, but it was a bunch of, you know... Yeah. Did you go to UNT? So, nice. that was my undergrad was UNT. You were the no. captain of UNT. We should make a I was, I initialism was not, of that. <laughs> uh, it, it was so bad at UNT, the spirit for, for sports, that I remember my freshman year... There was like these people running around in the back of a pickup throwing UNT shirts at people at the quad. And like they threw one out and like no one picked it up. They had to get out of the car and go pick up the shirt that they threw at people. That's sad, right? <laughs> That's sad. Well, they've got to make sure that people come see UNT. I took an insurance exactly, class Jamie. and the lady for the insurance <laughs> class like ran the tailgating. There were more people who attended the tailgating than attended the game on average. Like, but. It was so funny. She was bragging about getting like Bacardi to sponsor the tailgating because it was a bigger event than the the, the football game. Is there wind no, it, blowing it is... <laughs> in your ears, Aaron? From all these jabs I mean, going over your head? <laughs> they're not going over my head. I, I, I understand the joke. Like it's it's literally a mug that, that rising people above would it. get. It's the the coffee mug where it has the handle and then U and T right next to it. So it's. Oh, dude! They sold it on campus. Oh, People color. love like that, that shit. That is good. You're, you're the distinguished, mature <laughs> person on the pod. I I just went the there Frasier for four years, us. so the joke's no longer that fresh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I love Denton, and it's been way too long since that's, we've that's had. That's what a, I'm a saying. Like downtown Denton's so fun. Do it's it's a lot of fun to go down there and and I don't know how many oh, bars yeah. are open at this point in time, but when I was there, there was like twelve bars around the square that you could run around to, and just enough to have a good pub crawl without having to walk too far. It has been oh, a yeah. long time since the pub crawls. That was good times. That is a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, when was the last time you in, had an Irish car? Which had to be like 2013, 
That's that's got to be the last time we did a pub crawl. Oh, it was 2012, 2013. Oh, it's been a while. We should do that again. <laughs> Tony, get back down here. All righty. Sounds good. Man, I want to. I just want to. I want to go out to Texas and see everybody. But I'm like, man, it's going to take like a whole week. I need to drive all over the state, basically. I need to get to you. I need to meet Aaron in person. <laughs> I need to get to Wichita Falls. I should go to Oklahoma to see my dad. I need to get to Midland and got some friends there. It's just like, it'd be a statewide road trip. You're a very popular person. Don't you know it? Don't you know it? I had to drive out to Lubbock for work. Um, and I just want to say, because I know you're all mad, um, that the there's two routes. And one of them, there's bathrooms that you can stop at. And there's one that there's no bathroom for, like, forever. And, of and of course, every time my GPS always put me on that <laughs> one, and I was like, God damn it. Like, why Why is it so far? <laughs> yeah. Wait, you, you're talking you about, like, 114.380? Yeah. Oh man, you just gotta ask me. I can tell you where to poop. It's man. not it's not a it's not a poop thing. I just I drink too much coffee on the road, man. Like when I'm on the road trip I love He knows where Jay's all the secret personal poop stations Google are. Maps saved. No, I, he's got them all. Exactly. Hard, hard Especially everywhere. in Oh god. Especially in Seymour, because there's definitely like a <laughs> I not found that some barbecue one, go to pit that like after situation. the drought of restrooms, like <laughs> that was actually quite good. I went in and bought a barbecue sandwich and it was like, oh, can I use your restroom before I order? <laughs> no, man. Yeah, like that that was the route that I typically took going back and forth to school. Like I, I almost never took I-20. And so like <laughs> I am your Sherpa for what what is it? Jacksboro, Idaloo, mm-hmm. uh, all those hot spots. See, with the era of GPS now though, like that's the thing. It's like I like I said it and I forget it. I don't even think about it. And I'm just like my family definitely were the people who were like, oh, that looks interesting. Let's stop there. You know, like we would just hit the road and go. Yeah. And my wife's family is like, they planned out every stop along the way. So I'm I'm way more willing to just be like, ah, we'll stop at the next town. The problem is, is it's like, oh, there's, no, I'm, there's I'm, I'm 60 miles between these two towns. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about the drive between Lubbock and Wichita Falls that like, I can drive 10 hours easier than I can drive that 10 hours. Like. It immediately wants me. I what? have to fall asleep. Like it puts me into a sleep state. Like I'm always on the verge of falling asleep in that three hours. I can drive ten hours on another road, and I'm like, I'm still okay. I'm good. But I cannot make it those three hours. Every time I'm driving like near Wichita, it's like uh, when I'm coming home from like New Mexico or Colorado or something like that. So I'm always excited because I'm like, I'm gonna get my dog. I'm gonna get home, sleep in my bed. So it's it's always the tail end of the trip. Anyway, so Frazier, yeah. Are we re- well, are we ready to <laughs> do some scores? <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Uh, and I don't know what are we going to call the, like what what how many Liliths <laughs> is this going to be? <laughs> oh man, I could have sworn I wrote it down a note, but I guess I didn't. And JD Salinger's pins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony, how many of JD Salinger's pens is Fraser twenty three for you? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I mean, I might blow the average out because I don't know if I was just in the mood I was in. Or I was just like pleasantly surprised. I really liked. I really liked this show. I liked the writing, the characters, and like I guess that's maybe I would have liked him even more coming from the past, or maybe I liked him more because I didn't watch the old show. But I mean, Alan by himself is worth like I'm gonna go with an eight. Oh, nice. JD Zellinger pins. I know that's probably pretty high, but. I really, really liked it, and maybe just like more than I thought I would. Maybe that's why I've kind of come in high on it. Eight pens of J.D. Salinger from the Tony Meister. How about you, Aaron? So I, I was feeling about like a seven, seven, five because, and, and I'll say this: I love sitcoms. I love sitcoms. I love like the laugh track. It none of that stuff makes me cringe. It doesn't bother me at all. And for me, the number of the amount of fan service. The keeping the essence of the character, the homages to the original service, like the original series, all of those things, like, really made me enjoy the show. There were, you know, bits of cringe thrown in there for for the modern audiences, but I feel like a lot of the jokes, like, hung on the zingers and the the punchlines. Which made me feel very nostalgic for old school sitcoms. So I'm I'm right there. I'm gonna say seven five. It was a lot of fun. It was an enjoyable romp. 
Um, and honestly, Tony, if you did enjoy it, you should go back and watch Old School Frasier. Uh, oh, I yeah. think I think it's worth it. Yeah, if if you thought Alan was funny, Niles Fraser's brother so is good. awesome. So good. I'll I'll send you a list of episodes. It's oh yeah, <laughs> I would like that. Yeah, man. Uh, man, it's eight. JD Salinger pens for Tony seven and a half from Aaron. Wow. Uh, so I I actually never. Uh, explained what my cocktail was this evening, and I think it's apropos at the moment. What I have here is a lovely martini, one of my favorite drinks, a drink that comforts me, that makes me feel at home, feel good at the end of a long day. And I made this martini with a particular brand of gin. It's James Gin, uh, which has nothing to do with my name. It's from British personality... Uh, James May from Top Gear. He has a, a gin brand. And I bought that gin just for who made it for James May. Not that he has any gin credentials, but just that he made a TV show that I liked many years ago. And I feel like that's pretty analogous to Frasier, where I was going to watch this show no matter what and be excited about it and happy for it. And... I watched it twice, and I tried so hard to like it. I wanted to like it, but it it didn't live up to to what I wanted it to be. And maybe that's unfair. Maybe I was expecting it to be the old show and just wanted it to be the old show, and it was never going to be. But I just didn't really care for it. It's going to be a three J.D. Salinger pens for me. If you were a big fan of the old show, I wouldn't discourage you from watching it, but I would say just don't have any expectations for it, maybe. Go ahead and fact, expecting fan service. Yeah. So three J.D. Salinger pens from... Maybe that'll be a good average score me. for the show. Man, oh, so that, that gin, it's also navy strength, meaning that it's, it's overproofed. Ooh, mm-hmm. and it's... it's you didn't get now. aviation gin from Ryan Reynolds? I do enjoy aviation. Uh, it I gets know, a bad rap a lot of trips together. People. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> that's a, that is an average score of 6.16 The show shows filmed in front of a live studio audience. And that actually kind of actually fits with what it gets on, like, Rotten Tomatoes. I think it gets, like, a 6.1... Yeah, it's got a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes, an average rating of 6.1 out of 10. So we're actually right on the money with that score. Wow, and I'm I'm honestly, I'm, I'm pretty surprised to hear Tony say that you like it because I was watching it feeling like the show was getting by on fan service and just getting by on the magnanimous Kelsey Grammer and our nostalgia from the old show, but... I'm I'm heartened to hear that it has more out there for people who haven't even seen the old show. I laughed out loud at Alan. Like I I thoroughly enjoyed Alan. I just don't watch many shows. I guess in that same vein where there's like comedy and also like seriousness and also like smart people. You know, I'm usually watching dumb stuff like Rick and Morty or it's like an action anime like. Aaron was talking about earlier. So, a bunch of so, screaming. Ah! Yeah. Or like, I mean, what, <laughs> what other shows I'm watching? I'm usually watching like more serious shows. So I guess it's just, it was a nice change of pace and I really liked it. Alan number one. That's what I'm saying. Alan gets the eight. <laughs> Alan uh, carried the show. Like it, it really did for me. All right. Well, 6.16 repeating. That puts it... Around the bottom third of our all-time list, just below Ozark and just above Upload. Yeah, that seems that seems fair. All right, well, shall we approach the Wheel of Randomonium? We shall. I'm running off of my laptop, so things may be a little more janky than normal. Let's see. Uh, do we have the wheel on the screen? It is, it is. I have visual confirmation. Alrighty. So, ignoring all ads, welcome to the Wheel of Tim's Randomonium. Um, 
Uh, we have on the offering list this this round. We have Reacher, which was Tony. You want to tell us about Reacher? You want to reach out there and tell us about it? Yeah, this is just off my oh, <laughs> just off my head because uh, I did watch the first season. I think it's based on some like best-selling books about uh, Jack Reacher, and there's also that movie with Tom Cruise. There are two movies, I guess, that Tom Cruise did, but it's like this uh, former army military police officer, and now he's like a nomad who kind of just goes around the country, traveling, living off the clothes off his back. But then it's just like the cases he runs into. So it's pretty good. It's kind of like a it'll be like a crime, like solving show, but with action. Okay. Holland from accounts. Jay, tell us about that one. I am sticking with. Paramount Plus for this show. It's a rom-com television series from Australia. Uh, it stars a married leads couple. Uh, the man is voiced by the same guy who voices. He's well. He's played by not just voiced because it's uh, live action. I was going to say it's animated. <laughs> No, it's live action, but he voiced Uncle Rad on Bluey, okay. if you remember him, uh, from the Double Babysitter episodes. Uh, and then <laughs> the the female lead is, if you've seen American Auto, she's like the PR kind of female lead from that show. Uh, but I've only watched the first two episodes, but it's been pretty great, and especially because there's a whole lot of... Uh, chemistry between the leads, but the the basic setup is uh, man is driving down road, woman crossing street decides on a whim to flash her breast at him. He is distracted and runs over a dog, so these two strangers decide to sort of jointly care for the dog, and shenanigans ensue. So yeah, Paramount Plus, Colin from Accounts from Australia. Very nice. And I'm bringing to the table Curb Your Enthusiasm, the classic of classic cringe comedies. I, I kind of, in my mind, like, I've always thought of Curb as very cringy, but it doesn't feel like the same type of cringe as modern kind of humor is. So I want to go back. I want to see see what the difference is. And also, this is kind of in honor of Curb going into its final season. Uh, Larry David said he's done. He can finally become the man that he was intended to be. By <laughs> by finishing Kirby enthusiasm, <laughs> is it more like a secondhand embarrassment more than cringe? Is that, is that I don't know. Like or? Jay, you, your thoughts? How would you? I I definitely think it's pretty cringy. But I I guess that anything that is embarrassing, I feel like it's more acceptable because it always it always he always again he gets his comeuppance. Things don't work <laughs> out for for him in these cringy situations. Now I, I've. I've only watched maybe the first two seasons of Curbed, but it's a hundred percent cringe comedy. But uh, but Aaron, honestly, I I don't know what your definition of cringe is, and I'm honestly rooting for Curb to win now, so that we can spend a, a podcast more exploring that. I mean, because I. I would I would love to have a barometer for when like you are or aren't gonna like the cringe of it, but I have no way to know because sometimes you're like I love Nathan for you, and I'm like what? And you're like but I, because, I hate uh, I'll tell you, Zach here is gonna be famous. I will like, give what? you the answer because it's it's actually a very easy answer. Yeah. It's it's the slow moving train wreck where it just leaves it permanently. Like I feel like a lot of times there were scenes in the office where they just left it hanging awkwardly for so long. Like, at least with, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm, immediately things go south. Like, it's cringy, it's awkward, but there's also a call-out. There's also, like, something happening that he has to deal with because of the cringy situation. His his friends, his family calling out his ridiculous, you know, rules or whatever. So, yeah, it's cringy, but there's there's a release. Whenever, like, it feels like as, as comedy continued on... It was the goal was to try and make the cringe hang and linger as long as fucking possible before you finally got the payoff. <laughs> and that's the thing that bothers me is like I'm fine with an awkward cringy situation if we can kind of move on. Can we let it happen? Let everyone feel it. I think it's it's when someone else in the actual show cringes also like I get that release. I get that catharsis. But when everyone else is just standing there letting it happen, I'm just like, "Oh god. It hurts." 
Okay. So I. That's a great explanation. <laughs> but I guess once once we start to try to apply that, I I still feel like I am just shooting blind here. So I think in my mind, I put curb in the same category as something like party down where party down had plenty of cringe moments, but there was the release that you're talking about. Yeah. I, I would say there's the release and I, I love party down. I okay. have no problem watching party down. I can rewatch party down over and over again. Maybe I'm getting it then. Like again, it's, it's whenever they just let, let it linger forever or never, never let it pay out. Like those are the ones that bother me. Like or whenever it's like, oh gosh, okay, I see this. Oh god, all right, okay, yeah, here it is. Well, no, we're not. No, we're not going to let it. No, okay, we're going to keep on going. Still cringy. Like it just like if you just keep on going and going and going. That's the stuff that I I can't stand. Oh, okay. I, see now you're making me want to ch- kind of change my <laughs> my vote here. Dude, change away. Oh. Go experiment. Okay, all right. I, has not been I've told you. I'm willing to sit. I sat through fucking what's it called. The, the the I'd sit down the boat one that you you always are talking about below deck, but but <laughs> that's a I've watched that, Siesta Keys. Oh, if I is... can get through Siesta Keys, wasn't cringe. It was just uncomfortable. Right, that's like, different. It just was like these is different. Okay, so I want to I want to test this, and I'm gonna test this with. I'm very sorry to call in from accounts. I'm gonna finish you, but it's gonna straight up Mortal Kombat that show. A different show available on Paramount Plus. It's uh, it's a Showtime show called The Curse. The curse. Oh, that's the with curse. Emma Stone and precisely, Nathan it's Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone, and in my mind, it's a show that you're gonna hate because okay. the the lingering is the whole show. But it's also Nathan Fielder, and I know you like Nathan Fielder. Yeah, so, I really liked him in Nathan for You. I really liked him in John Benjamin Has a Van. Yeah. So, like, I'm I'm really curious to see where you fall on this show if that eventually does get picked. Tony, so. do you want to put up a cringe <laughs> offering and start off 2024 in the cringe year? No, nah, I think 66 percent is. Uh, high <laughs> Tony's like he's like I don't want to do that. You know what show I love clips of, but I hate every time I watch it is I think you should leave. <laughs> oh yeah, I love clips. I've never, but, like, I don't even know. I've them, never. Like, that is like some serious levels of cringe where things just go on way too long. Yeah, like if man, if you thought Siesta Key was bad, I think you should leave. Would kill Aaron. <laughs> but don't put that in there. Leave leave Reacher in there. I I don't know. Like I don't remember cringing through. Like Christy cringed through Zach uh, Stone wants to be famous. Who's going to be famous? I didn't really cringe through that that much. Like there were some cringy parts, but I don't feel like it was. <laughs> It, it kind of had that same kind of move on past it. Well, I think you should leave. It's sketch comedy, and it's like if you took all of George Costanza's worst moments and the person just keeps doubling down on it. And Oh, is that the... Is that the... Um, you sure Tim about Robinson's. that? Yeah. yeah. You sure about that? <laughs> exactly, I do, yeah. I do fucking shit. I do yeah. fucking yeah. shit. <laughs> I've never seen the show, but it's sketch comedy. It's not a... Sketch comedy is hit or miss for me. Like sometimes I can really enjoy it. Like that Mitchell and Webb look, it, I, I love it. But then other ones, I'm like, well, it's okay. Yeah, I think that would just be torturing you. But the curse, I think, is science. <laughs> All right. So with that, we will shuffle and spin to win. Spin, oh! spin, spin. Let's spin the McConaughey wheel. All right. 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 The curse. Ah, it's the change. curse. What a change. Woo. It would have been Colin. It would have been Colin. The curse. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> yeah, so it's on uh, It's on Showtime, which is now available at this moment on Paramount Plus, uh, which is in talks with merging with Mr. Max. So, oh, really? Say what? I'm a little pissed off because Max is getting rid of their 4K plans unless you pay away more money. We need 1080p. Bunch of dicks. I know. I mean, I get it for free, but still. <laughs> no, but what what I was referencing was uh, Discovery Warner Brothers is in talks to merge with Paramount, who owns CBS and MTV and, and a whole lot of other stuff. Are the movie studios uh, so. merging too? Yeah, I think like the that's whole a thing. Pretty big, so, yeah, that's a big deal. You, so you could have like a Batman, Harry Potter, Star Trek crossover with Top Gun. 
With Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. And uh, it's definitely on the Fast horizon. and Furious. What I do want is Scooby Doo doing episodes with all of these people. So that's the silver lining. But then you have to have cartoon I want versions. Twenty One Jump people. Street to come back. Spend enough time. Let's get Jonah Hill and Shane Tatum up in here. Twenty Four Jump just Street. Do random spinoff com. Just random spinoff comedies. <laughs> Wasn't that the whole closing sequence in that movie? That was. Yeah. That they that were was legitimately gold. going to make a Men in Black. They should have Jump Street crossover. Like I think it was in like whatever kind of pre-production it was in, but. With, with like with Channing Tatum or with like Johnny yeah Depp? with with like Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum and then I don't know who was going to be on the Men in Black side but oh just take my money that is the last great comedy with a sequel that like I literally like laughed so hard at that's a, the last one in my memory where I can just be like yeah I laughed multiple times like super hard I don't feel that like I, I was watching a. Uh, clips and they had like uh, quentin tarantino on he was like we we are in a worse state than the 80s when it comes to movies right now so i i think we need some new like directors to come out and show us how movies are done again the scene in 22 jump street when <laughs> have y'all seen it yeah yeah like he slept with the captain's daughter and like the captain's like super pissed off and then you just hear the little the kitchen timer going off and chain tames head it's like Click, 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 ding! And he's like, oh, shit! And he stands there like, oh, man, that made me laugh. The whole theater was laughing so hard at that moment. Like, it just... That's the last time I really laughed hard, I think, at a comedy movie in a theater. It's been a while. See, I I always thought it was ironic that when Tony and I were taking our, our grand trips together, often they would have 21 and 22 Jump Street available because that's how I felt with Tony whenever we went out together that I was Jonah Hill and you were Channing Tatum. <laughs> well, that's a compliment, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. We were a team fighting crime. And now we just talk about TV shows. Entertain the masses. All 11 of them. <laughs> only 10 are AI bots. Oh. If we were only so lucky to have that many listeners. (laughs) But we are so glad to be here talking about these TV shows with each other and with you listeners. Because... It's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So, I am very, very excited uh, to come back and talk to you guys about... Nathan Fielder and Emma Stones and Benny Safdie's The Curse on Paramount Plus slash show. Awesome. Whew. Very good time talking with you guys. Uh, thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us. You're welcome. And thank you so much, Tony. You are here today. I am here. <laughs> all right. So, listeners, we love you very much. Uh, check us out on all those platforms I mentioned before. Uh, big thanks to our executive producer, Dick Wolf been a while since i shouted you out but we're very excited to have you on board uh but until next time i will be seeing you in the trees it's a dick wolf outro